Welcome to the Productivity Mastery Podcast, presented to you by myself, Stoyan Yankov, Productivity and Performance Coach, Keynote and TEDx Speaker, and co-author of the Perform Methodology, and the book, Perform, The Unsexy Truth About Startup Success. Join me on a journey to discover what some of the world's leading professionals do to be more productive, create peak performing teams, and build successful global companies. New episodes weekly. And now, enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Productivity Mastery with yet another inspiring leader here with us this morning, or maybe for you is the afternoon, but for us is the morning. I had my morning coffee with me. Unfortunately, Hedy didn't have the chance, my guest did, to, to, to get hers due to the coffee machine, right, Hedy? Yep. But uh, very, very happy to be here with somebody I've been inspired by now for a couple of years and following her journey, getting inspired by her lessons. And she's not just an exceptional startup founder, an executive, somebody with a background from the corporate world. Now she's using that to to build her insurtech company, leading people, growing the company. But she's also, I would say for me at least, uh, and, and I think you guys are going to see that during the episode, uh, I feel she has gained a lot of wisdom. Uh, and we've had a, a few conversations in the past couple of years, and, and every time I leave inspired, but, but from a very practical standpoint. So I'm very happy to welcome this morning, Eddie Martiso, the founder and CEO of Kashen. Welcome to the show, Hedy. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. So Hedy, why don't you, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about your background and, and specifically what inspired you to leave the corporate world and to start your own company? So maybe um, even a step one step back, I've always wanted to um, kind of build my own company. I think this has been something I've felt since very young and I've had many ideas uh, what, what I want to do. Um, but um, my journey actually started even, started even before maybe the large corporations I worked in because I think the first five years of my career, I worked in a very startup-like company, but in, in the year like 2002, uh, it wasn't really called a startup, but... but um, but it uh, acted and the culture and the, the way, the visions and the way everything worked was, uh, I would say, uh, exactly how, how every startup works today. So, um, so I think I got my taste of startup world before I, I joined the corporation. And um, why I did that was, um, uh, or why I then left the corporation after working there for nine years. Because I, I started to feel that um, I, I felt and I remembered the, the speed and rush and I started to feel that, okay, um, the world is really moving ahead uh, faster and, and we are sitting in a very, very nice, very comfortable, very organized um, uh, big ship, which is uh, taking its course. You have lovely people around you and everything is beautiful. But uh, if you if you look around, uh, look outside of it, you start to say, "Oh my God, uh, you know, we, we are actually leaving behind." And I felt that more and stronger and stronger. And I think that was the main decision why why I decided to jump out and, and see the see the other world as well. 
And now after four years, um, what are some of the key milestones for you? Not uh, like for more uh, perspective of uh, what are you focused on um, and, and how big is the team? So, yeah, I think in a way I was thinking about that as a, as a topic anyway. So what has and reflecting back a bit on the four years. So I think um, and, and I, I, I kind of came up with my own moon one liners for each each year. I think one of the kind of first year when you get into uh, coming from a comfortable environment, I think the first year is all about putting your personal risks and everything in. But I think the reward, what you get back from it is, is the kind of absolute joy of doing what you love and what, what inspires you and everything. And I think the, the years two and three are, are everything about proving the hypothesis and, and making the product market fit work and trying to understand if this is something that actually works and, and then really starting to scale it. So I think um, the year where we are now, as a company, we are starting our... We actually two days ago, three days ago, celebrated the, the kind of fourth birthday of, of the company. But uh, launching-wise, we we are three years now in the market. So I think the kind of now the year really starts to grow in every matter. So as, as you asked about the team, we have doubled the team since January. So um, we, we operated very lean on purpose to really prove everything, uh, what, what we wanted to prove uh, before we really put the, the kind of gas, gas pedal on. So right now we are 20. And, and we will uh, we will actually um, add quite a few more people this year and the beginning of next year as well. Talk to me about that. That's super interesting. So you guys doubled the uh, number of people in the team. How how has that been the the journey of and and again you said we we have this very lean team and I would imagine. Um, by the way, I saw somewhere on LinkedIn that you've been responsible as well in your previous job for defining the culture the values of organization i know that's very important for you as well so can you maybe tell us what how has the journey been of doubling down and maybe even 3x the the number of people what have been some of the challenges and uh, and to, to stick everybody to, to work together properly like just lead us through the journey i think is very very interesting i think in a way um if you are such a small team, like 10, uh, 11, basically under 15, then um, starting to build some big culture problem, uh, programs, etc., is not really, really important. It's more like doing the work and enjoying your, each other's company. But when you grow uh, more than that, the, the really the culture part starts to kick in. Because if you're smaller, then you, you kind of feel where everybody is and what everybody's doing. And you, you kind of are so incredibly focused around the same mission. Um, so if, if you grow larger, then the culture element obviously starts to kick in. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's probably the most fun time because everybody now who joins, uh, you know, probably until we are 50 plus, brings in uh, their own additional culture elements. And, and then it's more like, uh, uh, do we want to learn and bring that one in as, as a kind of, uh, as, as a team culture? Or is it something we need to kind of slightly, I would say, Holster, holster out, but but I think currently we are in this amazing phase when everybody comes in. It's like the the fantastic addition to our our culture, and and um, it's a real privilege to to get in like from different culture backgrounds, uh, nationalities, etc. And I think this is this is the time when when really the like the future culture is being shaped. So I would say it's super exciting times. Obviously, 
currently most of most of them are in, on the honeymoon anyway so they they come in and everything is fantastic so i think that the hard time might be when everybody has been here for one year and then you know they have their uh, ambition and everything connected with that but but i think um it's been it's been a fun a fun uh, half year to to bring everybody in and and, and actually grow and uh, grow as a team and really divide the task and i think probably that has been the main thing that you know if you are 10 and that's only 20 uh you obviously need to give away some some of the task and when you know that that has been probably the main focus but but i think um it has been so far relatively smooth journey for us so. and was the um process of uh, attraction talent attraction also involving this uh, this culture bits like how important is is for you and for for the organization the the culture of fit of somebody new that's coming in because i mean there's many founders early stage founders listening to, to to this podcast and and i know as as founders we always tempted to get the best person for the job especially for the least possible you know amount of pay we should pay right um so i wonder how important is is for you and for organization for people to not just be great performers but also to be a good culture of it I think uh, since one of the things that definitely united us with with uh, Kashes co-founder Kalle was also the kind of underlying values of uh, first of all like, like us as a person and and uh, how we how we click there, uh, but also the world vision where we want to go really united us. So I think the overall value fits is is super important for both of us and and from both both angles that to are people actually passionate about this area because. To make people super passionate about insurance, sometimes it's not the easiest, <laughs> easiest job. But uh, but I think uh, everybody who has joined us uh, have take have understood the kind of what what we do or what what's the what's the fun part of it. Uh, but if you talk about the value part, um, the, I think for me this is the natural first interview. I I think with every person I speak, uh, that's the first thing uh, when when I'm interviewing. That's the first part, and the other 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 things are. Are obviously super important, but uh, but these we we filter out in the home task or other other topics. So. Right, and, and I love what you said because I, I think that's something that um, um, and I, I coach a lot of startup founders and I'm in this area, as you know, and and one of the things is how do we how do we motivate our people? How do we get our people passionate about uh, what we do? Not just you know, when you get to something new, there's this novelty effect, right? Like you're very excited the first few weeks, maybe. But but how do we consistently keep our people motivated to 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 build with us, to grow with us, to have this passion, involvement, engagement? And um, I wonder if you have any any advice. And you've been leading, uh, you know, teams previously. Now you're leading your own team, growing it. Um, what are the do's and don'ts, so to say, when it comes to engaging people uh motivating people to to show up to be there to be excited about what they do on a daily basis well i think that the largely it is about the our vision where we want to go and the kind of understanding that we're changing something or 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 there is there is a, some sort of um, problem in the market or in in the world that needs to be that that we we have a certain recipe that we believe would would work to fix that or help that or support that 
And, and I think from that side, uh, we have seen very clearly that in the platform economy as such and the platform work, it's, a, it's an amazing possibility for uh, millions and millions of people to, to work uh, where they want, when they want, flexibly uh, and everything. It's, it seems like such a natural way we should operate, but there's still so much to be done in order to make that uh, possible for everybody and 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 so we wouldn't miss out of the of the kind of normal benefits and normal lifestyle that we have got from the nine to five so i think um i think that this journey itself inspires quite a bit of our team that we know that okay we can actually make a difference in quite many people's life and we're, we're building for the future and i think uh both me and, and Galla are personally very kind of driven and passionate about that. I think that definitely kind of wears, wears down to the team. So that, that's kind of one element around the vision. But the other element around that one is that we try to give people as much kind of freedom and as much kind of um, uh, possibilities to be curious of what they do and, and actually uh, kind of do the things their way as, as much as possible. And I think that's something, um, it's, it's kind of, it's easy, easier being done in a smaller team and, and obviously much, much harder in, in a larger, larger team where everything's already in place. So maybe we just are, and being just humble of not trying to show off that we know everything, but it's more all humbleness of the time of the journey where we're in as well. So it's a really fun time to be in a company where, which is which is really growing at, at this from kind of, I don't know, uh, less than 10 people to uh, up to 50 people. So it's, it's just, uh, you know, you can give in so much and you can, and, and we are looking for people that, uh, that actually are driven or, or I've, I've said in a couple of podcasts as well that um, that especially, you know, if you have a good corporate background or something where you work, but but you, you have this kind of, uh, how to say, rebelness inside you. So I've started to call them professional rebels that basically you 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 want to, you, you understand how the kind of big structures, everything work, but you feel that, okay, this is not really it. It's just built for the process and doesn't work. And, and you can you can then build up things much better and, and much faster and much more efficient. And I think this has been something that we probably can connect with many colleagues coming from the uh, poli poli political world. Uh, we have people coming from various different industries. And I think this is something that slightly maybe unites us that we, we can see we can do things kind of maybe better than than and, and more not from many other areas, but just as as a way of working and, and, and executing. So. So in a way, it's a lot more personal approach. You try to understand what people want to develop in, what are they're excited about, what do they like to do more of. And from managerial perspective, you allocate them more responsibilities that are reflecting those passions. Is that... Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we'll try to do that as much as possible. Obviously, uh, you can't do that 100% that you only do the things you love. But uh, but I think this is more like uh, trying to listen in, in the right places and, and get uh, get uh, those passions kind of, how to say, fulfilled. I love it. I love it, Hedy. Um, I don't know if, you, if you've read fully the, the, the book. By the way, guys, uh, Hedy was one of the founders that was kind enough to contribute to our first book perform the unsexy truth about startup success in the chapter of roles and responsibilities we talk specifically about that where the zone is where we can match um giving people responsibilities where they have strengths you know the skill set 
and they're passionate about doing these things. Because sometimes we could be really exceptionally good in some things, but doesn't mean that we really love doing it. And of course, startups, everybody has to do what they're good at, right? So we can move forward. I'll do the trash sometimes, right? But but what are the things that you actually love to do? And and those of you listening who maybe having a small team right now, that's your that's your unique advantage. You know, uh, you can't compete on salary with uh, with some of the big corporates or McKinsey's, PCGs. I just read a um, an article the other day. I don't know how accurate it is. I think it was from Forbes, but um, it said McKinsey, Bain, BCG. Right now, they're considering offering quarter million for a starting salary for the peak performers for the MBA students. These are these are starting salary, right? How do you beat that? You can't beat them on numbers. Well, maybe you could, the listener. I don't know who you are, but but uh, but you can. What you can do is this personal approach, as as Hedy is talking about. You can care for people. You can try and see where they want to develop. You can offer them uh, responsibilities and, and ownership. Uh, that uh, and but but I'm actually curious, Hedy. How do you do that? Like like if we can go down into the trenches, like do you? Do you have one-on-one conversations a lot with the people when they start a company? Do you use any tools and personality tests or anything to to be able to understand people better? Well, with some of the key roles, we do use a professional kind of headhunting firm, and uh, they have done uh, some of the pre-screenings. Uh, but I think largely it's still uh, the kind of filter of um, of understanding the the kind of professional competences and understanding the uh, the kind of personal personal. I'm not even saying that everybody needs to match the culture we have in because I I I in that sense I believe the diversity is good. However, what is what is important are the kind of still the I would say values uh, of of such and 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 also the the kind of. Do they have a passion in them to to kind of uh, be curious and and do they have the kind of uh, uh, drive to work and 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 actually get things done? Because I think this is one of the one of the core things that um, that some people either they do have or they don't have. And and I think to understand uh, and and get get the kind of feeling of the person where they light up and and what topics uh, what topics uh, are are the things that. Um, that uh, uh, they, they are really driven to do. And if that matches uh, what we believe their role should be, then that's a good fit. And what makes you believe this person has what, what it takes? I mean, you can see the LinkedIn, you can see the, you know, their background, but what, what tells you this, this person has the attitude, they, they will do whatever it takes, they, they're actually the right person for the job? Honestly, obviously, we can't fully. Uh, there is, um, you know, with with people, you ne- you are never one hundred percent right. So we we have also probably have our learnings from uh, higher and fire some people faster, and and with some people, uh, you know, we probably uh, overestimated some of the some of the qualities, and that's okay. And uh, but that's the that's the both ways journey of you you building a startup. I I doubt that there are any startups that haven't. Uh, let any people go or any people have left from in the in the early times. I think from every startup there, that that's a quite a normal process that you 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 kind of have a, some sort of small churn as well along the way. It's um, yeah, I think and that's okay. That's I would say it's it's obviously hard to let people leave or go or ask them to leave 
when it, when you're in early days because you you kind of grow grow together. But um, but I think it's good for both both ways, and especially it's actually very good for the company as well. When when some when you know, especially the worst thing for the company is when there is not uh, kind of when there's not a match or or this doesn't uh, that doesn't feel like going and just keeping it alive. So. And Heidi, um, you are based in Estonia, this uh, small, beautiful country. And again, it's a small country. Uh, is it le less than two million people uh, living there, right? Uh, yet, if you throw a rock, you're probably going to hit somebody running a startup or running a successful startups. There is many great companies that came out of the region, which means also that I would imagine, and we had this conversation a couple of months ago, that how do you actually attract the best talent? Because there's now not only the corporates, but there's many progressive companies that are fighting for getting the best people on board. And, and I wonder, you know, how, how does that happen? Like uh, there's many other markets like this, which, you know, the top people are not unlimited, right? Like, so, so what's, what do you do to, to, to excite and inspire people to join your board instead of somebody else's board? Well, I'm doing this kind of podcast, for example, and <laughs> other things. But um, but basically, I, I agree that uh, the the fight for the good talent uh, is is hard. Uh, but but I think also it's it's um, it's often hard to say which is which is the right talent, which is the the best talent, because um, there are still. I, I like that you said that not above one more than one million, bit more than one million people, but uh, less than two million. So I think that's much better. <laughs> So, um, so if you if you look if we look from that perspective, there are still less than two million people, which is quite quite some quite a few. Plus, also today the kind of remote uh, remote possibilities are limitless. So, so I think I think it's um, in some ways obviously, and in some areas, the top talent is extremely needed. But in some ways as well, that uh, it's it's hard to say that that if this person has graduated this university and worked in that company, that right away makes him or her a top talent for your company. It's hard to hard to say that often like that. So it's uh, uh, I, I wasn't a top talent when I maybe came from uh, Swedbank uh, to the startup world. So they they wouldn't recruit me because you know I come from corporate, but often they don't know me. So I think that that's one of the things that it's it's a good learning to to kind of uh, dig deeper. Also, especially the companies that get thousands of CVs, it's super hard for them to see which you know <laughs> to filter through those. And and probably then lots of top talent actually gets uh, gets passed passed out and and not selected. So I think these kind of things uh, need need to be kind of. Um, thought through more carefully there is not only one percent uh, talent that can help you to be successful in, with your with your company so i think that the pool is much wider but nevertheless uh, of course the the hunt is on we are we are hunting from some other companies or the other companies are hunting from us that's how it works but i think if, if we look from the higher perspective it's all good for estonian ecosystem and, and hopefully the european ecosystem as well that uh, good people move around a bit and and they help to kind of build uh, uh, good companies from multiple good companies. So you're hunting from other companies, they're hunting from you, and then at the end of the day, you go and have a drink together, you know, the, the, the Estonian ecosystem. Well, Fair game. Business is business. Uh, <laughs> fun is fun. Right. No, but I actually love the, the Estonian community, uh, you know, very sharing, people collaborate, kind of 
introduced to each other. It's a, it's a, from my perspective as an outsider, it's a very um, collaborative community, and and people want the others to win. Um, it's not just about I need to win. It's like I, we want to win as a community, as a society, which is uh, definitely a great. Uh, and by the way, those of you who are listening, if you are considering joining a startup team. <laughs> Here's Heri. We're hiring. <laughs> she's hiring. She's doubling and tripling the team. She she needs excited, passionate people. You know, Heri, that's a great place now here. Um, what kind of profile of people would you be interested to have on board? And, and it's more about the type of person, the type of culture, the type of uh, personality. Who should be considering, you know, knocking on your door and saying, Heri, I want to work for you? Well, uh, we are today hiring largely uh, like like a typical Estonian startup uh, sales and marketing roles, which which you know there is a lo long le legends about Estonia and, and and sales and marketing, but we don't need to go in there. So we always need uh, good good sales marketing talent uh, to to kind of uh, from from also outside in. But but what uh, so how to define? I think w w the the people that we we believe. Are, are a great fit for our company are the ones that you know if that you have a domain i don't know you're a data scientist that really you 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 want to educate yourself constantly there's a constant learning and open mindset of things that you know you you, you are not getting stuck in your beliefs that you your that were put in your brain in your first university uh, course and uh, and uh, and job but you constantly have this mindset and that's why i stress quite many times curiosity so both the kind of open mindset of new things, trying to kind of see how things are changing, shifting. Because if as a company, we try to run five to 10 years ahead of what's really out in the market, when we think and develop our future, then uh, then those people that uh, constantly keep are, are curious what's happening in their domain are the ones that we really like. Um, if you're talking about passion, passion for us is like that you, 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 you really define um, what you like, and and if if you get excited and passionate about uh, this uh, this journey that Cache is on, then you you really want to put hundred percent in. That doesn't mean that you need to sing the same song that uh, I don't know Kala and I are singing, but you also can contribute in opposing us in some ways or or whatever. But but the, for the for the good of the company, and I think this kind of um, this kind of thing is something that, um, um, but but one thing is super important, and why we talk about the kind of professional rebels, not just rebels, is is uh, is to kind of understand uh, uh, how to do these things professionally. You, you 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 know you probably can imagine being an insurance um, kind of startup and insurtech. It's uh, we are um, we are very careful looking into. Obviously, every every we are, we are licensed, so we are following the rules of what has been put on us on on the on the local FSA, and and obviously, uh, it's it's super important to to be compliant. And and from the other side, we also are a data company. So for for us, we, we love GDPR. So we wanna we wanna make sure that people. I think probably we are one of the few. But uh, for us, why we say we love GDPR is that uh, and the kind of philosophy around it is is not that we wanna say that okay, every person needs to delete their their data and lead everything but it's more like empowering people via their own data and giving them the kind of uh, possibilities to get smarter financial products in the future and i think that's the reason why lots of this uh, these things need to start to circle around the person and and their their being more under their uh, control and, uh, and 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 everything connected with that all right 
you heard the lady. They love GDPR. They <laughs> they have a great culture. They're progressive. So make sure to go check them out uh, and see if there might be some position that you would be interested to join. And, and you know what? What I'm when you were speaking, Harry, uh, I was thinking about that, and it's something that I'm always, you know, trying to figure out how are founders um, and leaders of startups actually deciding who should we hire? Like, how how early do you have a plan of we need three people in sales and for marketing? It, it's always this kind of a decision making, which which I'm curious about. And and just to give you an example, my co-author, which you know as well, Cristobal Alonso from startup wise guys um he's what fascinates me about uh the way he thinks about talent attraction is is it's 12 to 24 months ahead in a way like um he's not waiting for the time that he needs to hire and then to put a net and start chasing people could be the case sometimes but he's trying to say to talk to his managers and say hey who do you need to hire um in the next 12 to 24 months then he you know discusses with them and he has a few so to say positions and roles and because he's traveling a lot he's meeting people he's going to places right he will go and drink lots of coffee with lots of people hey here's this girl maria you should meet her she's doing this okay so and and he will start having some sort of small collaborations with them or meeting them a few times, getting some feedback and recommendations for other people. So when it's time for uh, him to hire, he actually have a few leads already for each position and role, which I think is super smart. And that could be, I guess, also done long-term strategy in terms of uh, with, with, with doing uh, some sort of events and community building where you can have a bigger pool of potential talent. But I wonder... Um, what's your thought process when you are about to say, all right, now we got a round or now we need to hire three more people, but should it be three, should it be five? Like, how, how do you decide on this? It's, it's very interesting. So in, in the I'll, I'll, in the early days, how we did it was that, like what we discovered, like 90% of people uh, who we know uh, or around us and in the environment are willing to do also sidekick from their real work. We'll be back shortly. And here's my productivity tip. What helps me to focus and get a lot of things done? One of the tools that I use is called Brain FM. It is an app that uses specially designed music to improve your brain activity, help you focus or become more relaxed. Start your free trial at brain.fm forward slash Stoyan. And if you like it, you can get 20% off your subscription. Simply type Stoyan, S-T-O-Y-A-N, as a coupon code after your trial. And now let's get back to the episode. So what we did was we tried to lure some of them to do a sidekick for us and then try to see if we can lure them in fully. So that's dating before... For, for for marrying, but uh, I think uh, well, what you described sounds a pr amazing, brilliant, and and uh, and and, uh, and and way to do that. But however, I think when you 
when you are running uh, running or when you're driving to 200 kilometers an hour and at the same time building a car then often this is a luxury thing to think think ahead two years and start to have lots of coffees i, I we we do that and we actually have recruited some people exactly with the same logic what to describe but um but if you ask if I can, if I know that who I need in like uh, exactly one year time or one and a half years time, I can't say, uh, I, I kind of know, but I don't really know. Okay, I, I just, you know, but but obviously all the conferences, the same thing is super important for us for, for exactly the very same reason that uh, partly the conferences we go for are exactly to attract talent and to get to know lots of people. And, and even if it's a com competitors or, or partners or and, and, and but for us always the equally important is uh, is attracting possible uh, kind of recruits. So um, but but what else we do? We obviously uh, we obviously do do all the typical things. We 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 are trying to be in many events. We try to arrange interesting things with the team. And, and I think the core is that to get our team and and also actually partners to be the ambassadors. We, we can we can even mention that some of our really good recruits have been done via some of our partners, like via the recommendation of some of our partners that are in the in the area where we need to recruit. So, so in that sense, I think we have been pretty good in using our network and and the network that has built around Cache to to get the good talent in. And so far, it's worked really nicely. And what are some of the challenges, if you may share, of uh hiring in such a speed and you know like like how's the situation like like is it smoothly kind of onboarding people or or is it uh, kind of a you're ready mentally for a bit of a more bumpy ride because the first few months people coming in so many new people like like how how's that going well i know some startups that have recruited uh, almost 60 people a year and i think this is <laughs> this is you know so we are, we are in a pretty i would say pretty okay speed and balance and i think uh, it's not that uh, drastic we are today completely packed uh, off in our office so we are hopefully moving out next uh, uh, next during next month so so that that's one of the very practical things so we need to see, i need to put a sign on the door that please don't come in and and now they are packed in another room but but uh jokes aside i think that there is obviously practical things but but uh, work wise i think um, I, I still feel we with this size of the team it's it's very very empowering for everybody to have new 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 faces joining and uh, some of the workload lifted because then we can see quick results in some some areas so if you if you bring in, I don't know, a product manager for someone that takes deeply and then really uh, gets it fully organized and properly analyzed, et cetera, before you just, you know, had limited time to do and had to cut corners. I think this is this is what everybody is enjoying currently. And, and we feel more kind of uh, excitement and empowerment uh, from that. Uh, if we probably grow uh, uh, 2x now, it's it's already uh, other, other typical questions that are going to come, there's going to be some sort of leadership layer that, that needs to focus more on strategic and less on operational. And uh, But this is something that is ahead of us. And I think currently the first layer is hopefully myself and Galla, we can get rid of lots of lots of operational things that we still are, are, are today quite involved with. So. Maybe maybe we can we can kind of move to, to that topic a little bit, the, the, the management part. And um, what do you do with your co-founder to, to in terms of strategy, in terms of goal setting, do you have any specific method or process that you guys are following? And 
and do you measure and assess the the objectives in some way how do you how do you manage and and, and run the company so so we implemented okrs uh, this year so it's the kind of first first one uh, we will we are now starting to prepare for the next year uh, patch of okrs so obviously there there's a good learnings from it what we can do better and what what we what was done very well so um, what what it has been our kind of goal from from the day one is to try to minimize always the red red tape and and try to get to be more as efficient as possible, but obviously have a have a clear focus at at the same time. So I think this is this is something we always keep in mind when we put uh, put things in place. So currently, yes, the OKRs and the overall kind of uh, sales sales and uh, sales and uh, KPIs basically what what we follow. Nothing more maybe exciting. And it doesn't think about uh, everybody's looking for the for the magic pill and like it's like hey there's OKRs. By the way, for those of you who are listening who don't know what's OKRs, it's objectives and key results. You can go Google it. It's not a rocket science. And um, if I can refer to a book on the topic "Measure What Matters" uh, by John Doerr, who implemented OKRs in Google and make them uh, work efficiently with this system. Again, it's it's not a rocket science, but it's it's the consistency, just like everything else in building a successful company. Consistency beats any method. Uh, consistency. So, yeah, go check it out. If you if you're not doing anything structured, you might want to consider checking something like OKRs. Um, and again, coming back to the title of the book, measure what matters. You might want to have some sort of a process so you more frequently look into this. Um, objectives and key results and how far you're going what are the challenges around it do you have to do and make something uh, to to change if things are not working smoothly um I, i'm i'm sometimes amazed how um you know startups do not frequently you know many of them would set goals but um frequently not having assessment meetings and to, to be able to adapt and to see how they're going to, you know, to work on the progress because we're so busy, right? We're always busy and we want to go places. Um, and, and, and I'm wondering, um, you mentioned now that you're trying to delegate a lot more operational things to the, uh, to the people that you guys are hiring. But, but if you look into a normal week of yours, what, what is the percentage of, um, you know, tasks that go for doing getting things done, being down in the trenches, uh, operational, as opposed to strategic, you know, strategic thinking, feedback and coaching the team, leadership, those kind of things. What, what percentage is, is with you? So um, it depends a bit of the time as well. So if you're part of fundraising, then, you know, it's it's hard to put down a day or something to to kind of read and strategize i think but uh, right now uh, what uh, what has been my aim and i'm trying to do one full day a week where i'll try to basically cut off the meetings and and, and really focus on uh, on either <laughs> killing the task list or 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 really uh, kind of digging in some longer term and uh, visions and strategies and everything connected with uh, really digging deeper. Um, my ideal solution, and, and the stress is ideal. So I, I, I've been, um, I've been uh, trying to execute the logic that I'm, I'm, I'm working from my, my summer, summer house, few days a week, and rest of the time in the office. 
to really to really kind of just physically <laughs> distance myself but obviously it's 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 not something i i can say that i've managed to do uh even half of the times so from where I wanted, but but I think all in all, if if uh, this this is probably the split that I would see is ideal, so that the three three days is focused on meetings and uh, in the office uh, with people, uh, and then few days <clears throat> more on the distance one way if traveling conferences uh, or or then uh, then then other other kind of more more focused driven topics. So. Mm -hmm. As yeah. I said, that's the ideal. Uh, I'm I'm still striving towards that myself. As but well. I like I like the fact that uh, even physically um, trying to separate, like you know, I'll be in the office and then I have in my summer house or working from home, whatever, where you still have to respond, reply, get some calls, maybe. But but for yeah. the most part, you're trying to be to do deep work, to to be more strategic and to be un uninterrupted, so you can actually get done those kind of things that's that's a good i think it's a good way to and how do you manage your time on a day-to-day -day basis like like do you like are you a to-do list kind of person or what do you do to to make sure that you, you stay on top of your priorities with all the different distractions as you know i'm not getting younger as well I, as well i discovered then i i decided that <laughs> that um it used to be times when i really memorized everything but um yeah to-do lists is is quite important so I, I I know that otherwise it's 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 not gonna be very easy. But but I've I've worked uh, out my own solution or own way of doing things. So where I have few places where I put certain types of notes, so I know that when when to check something uh, from where, and um, and also I think um, I I think the kind of uh, I think the hardest part is there's so many uh, uh, performance and different types of tools available. I think the hardest part, you know, is it is it the note, notebook that works actually the best for you, or, or is it some sort of other tool? I think this is the this is the hardest decision and hardest way if you don't have that already predefined. Uh, but but I I took some time to really get get this one sorted for myself. So um, I think this is one thing. It's really important for every leader of the company to kind of focus and invest time into make sure that your own personal productivity and exactly note taking and this is this is on par that you can actually keep track on the, what's important and what needs to be done i think that's that's a, that's a hygiene that needs to be learned uh, quite early on so. i think one of the the great things about having a to-do list is you have a space a place where mm -hmm. when there is an idea task something that you might forget in the future you just put it down on your you know maybe physical notebook or maybe um, I'm using spreadsheets I'm I'm that old school I guess um, or whatever app you're using it, it just download it from your head put it down there and then you can easily be more focused in whatever it is you're doing it at this very moment right like like it's up in the to-do list I'm gonna have a look at it otherwise if you keep everything in your head it just gets overwhelming it's like, oh my God, I have to do this later. No, just put it on the list. Sometimes you can even place it in your calendar and say from 10 to 10.30, I'll respond to this email because it's very important. Put it in your calendar and now your brain knows 10, 10 o'clock, I'm going to look into this specific result that needs to be produced. 
Amazing. All right, let me get back to having a podcast with Hedy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, are you are you the note, notebook kind of person, or or do you do you prefer using some sort of tools or apps or? Um, I I have both. Uh, I have also a notebook with me always. So it depends on the meeting where I know what kind of content. So if I want to write down more some of the concrete thoughts, then I do a notebook. But if if it's more like tasks and to dos, then I use uh, use more um, kind of tool, uh, digital tools. So. And I'm curious also to hear um, where is where is Hedy being inspired from? Like where's the inspiration? Do you have any specific, let's say, you know, during the years you've been following some business leaders, uh, role models, like uh, read some books that completely change your mindset around how to lead teams. Like, can you share with us what's, what leadership style do you believe in and whether you had some really impactful role models? I think I've been extremely lucky uh, in my past. I've had uh, three really amazing uh, leaders uh, that have been in my life uh, that, uh, you know, from the, my first job till uh, till uh, till when I was in corporation. So I, I've, I've been lucky. I, I really, they, they were all in their own way, uh, extremely talented and, and inspiring. So I think I, I definitely was quite a bit shaped by by kind of the way they reflected my strength. So I think one of the and and um, what I, when I was thinking because you you actually asked that question for me to think about before, and um, I think thought hard and I think one of the things that I was end of the day thinking, three of them are all my still my friends. And I think this is uh, something that is is maybe a good definition if you look back from for your career that who have actually inspired and impacted you. So I think um, I think uh, uh, this is one topic that I would bring out. But but how I felt that they impacted my my life and what what was really good about what what they they did themselves was uh, was I think they I felt and and maybe that also very much reflects in the way I. Uh, kind of manage uh, and lead the team is that one thing that was most motivating for me that as a very young girl going into quite masculine kind of world of IT I felt that they always believed in me and they 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 even believed more than probably myself in the, in the beginning that, that they they knew that I can do it and I think I constantly felt that I was uh, shaped in an environment where where um, I I was kind of inspired to put 200% in and, and I think this is uh, this is I, uh, if if someone would ask what is the best leadership, is is to kind of create this environment and this kind of um, atmosphere and everything that a person that comes in that has their talents everybody has, but they uh, they they can bring it out two hundred percent, and I think this is probably was incredibly important and I I I really have always worked very hard in my life because probably because I've been I've been feeling that there is someone that appreciates that. So, so that's maybe one thing to just highlight. I, I don't know how conventional it is, but but this is this is what I feel. And um, and from if you talk about the role models of more kind of larger larger world, obviously, I think um, uh, if well, I've had even the luxury of working one week when I was quite young in Apple Cupertino. So if you're talking about something that um, that has inspired, is probably if I take the overall Apple world. So. 
yes, I'm guilty of being a bit of a <laughs> fan there, but but I I had the luxury of working with uh, some of the top designers of uh, OS OS X in my one of my first companies with uh, in in Cupertino where they redesigned uh, basically our product or helps um, uh, because we were one of the first business software. Uh, back then on uh, on Apple that that really like bookkeeping and and everything and and how they worked and how they did uh, like how they looked into design and everything connected with that this was something that I would say is is a is a thing I never forget so and and the kind of way they approach things and and all the kind of culture culture in Apple and I I, I do have read all all the books around it and everything so if I ask for I'm not saying I'm as you can see I haven't said that it's Steve Steve Jobs but I'm on purpose but it's but I've said that the culture that I felt uh, and the the kind of overall Apple that have they have put out so this has been something that maybe have inspired me from outside so. I did interview once a former executive from Apple and he was fascinated by how they're doing things there and this um sort of like drive an obsession to to produce incredible products and to, to all the customers with, with the products, like the flawless, incredible, beautiful, remarkable products, right? Um, and one thing he, he shared with me, and I don't know if that's the Apple culture or that was his uh, personal take, but it was like leaders need to understand your people are not there to work for you. You are there to work for your people. So you got to show up every day with with this hat of I'm the leader here, meaning I need to make sure everybody is well taken care of. Everybody needs anything they need to do their job. And beyond that, when they have a bad day, they know that they can rely on the leader to have their back. Um, so that was that was really kind of an interesting shift of perspective. Because um, still, there's many, I think, leaders who believe I hired this people i pay them that they have to give me something right and there's an exchange right but 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 also this mindset of i need i'm there for my people i'm the leader it's uh, very interesting great great uh, so let's move on then um Apple, that uh, that's uh, actually I didn't I didn't uh, see that coming from you. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting. The, um, I'm I'm curious if if you can also share uh, since we're on the topic. Um, are you a reader first of all, or are you a like do you like listening to podcasts or, or reading books or both? Um, I think podcasts since uh, well uh, I I kind of changed out my car to. Uh, uh, bicycle some time ago so then um, I think the podcast listening that's why I love to that's a good motivation to always step on a bike because you can listen to podcasts so so I think this is uh, so I'm definitely listening podcasts um, but uh, and, and reading wise I, I love to read however I think uh, this has been a kind of maybe a hard part of the founder's journey as well that you read so much uh, everything like articles uh, surveys that often, you know, to kind of really switch off uh, and, and focus. I think this has been harder. So this is my my kind of favorite time when I when there is this quiet focus time during weekend that I can really. So so I, I do both. But if you ask which one, you know, if I think from company book and, and kind of uh, business book wise, um, I, I actually prefer to listen to uh, even audiobooks. So 
So that's uh, I don't know if it's <laughs> that we've grown up in different conferences, but or or but but I uh, for me audiobooks there are are, are better. But uh, well, if, what's, if what's a like... what's a, a very inspiring uh, business book that you came across in the past twelve to twenty four months, let's say? Oh, there are, there has been few. Um, there has been few. It's it's hard, to, but I think I've been reading more on the the notion what I need. You know, some year or something ago, when I, I I needed to understand everything about startup boards and and the, you know, before that's about scaling and and all that. So there there are lists. So I I'm, it's kind of be hard to to kind of list list to concrete ones, uh, like right away. And I, I I can't bring out one. I think this is um, as I said. I, I'll try to find from you know if we're talking about OKRs, uh, exactly exactly measure what matters. So, so there are different disciplines that are that are important. But I I can't say out that one business book or other one shaped everything I believed in. So it's. Uh, um, and and maybe more that, that that my interest lies in trying to understand the kind of behaviors and psychologies of people and and how how the kind of um, maybe more the different habits and behaviors are being created and 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 I think this is much more maybe shaping and defining as a leader than than just reading uh, reading a concrete very very well thought through frameworks uh, so it, and so that's why and and you can't under both both are incredibly important so i you know i i wouldn't be able to maybe run successfully okrs if if it wouldn't be for a couple of those books that really made it very clear and very simple but at the same time uh, i might have my own journey might have been more shaped uh, like as as a leader from some from even more from some of the psychology and more focused on 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 the behavior and, and that topic so I love it. It's very, it's very practical the way you say it. Like, um, you know, at the moment, I'm very interested in these kind of topics. They're important for for the business. Maybe it's like, okay, sales. What are the best sales books out there? You start getting inspired. You get ideas. You apply them, and and you grow in that. Um, either it's reading or listening to an audio book, or all of them, including podcasting, for example, listening to some some people who've already been there, done that. So. Great. Everybody should read books, guys. Go read books. This, you know, consistently. This is, this is, uh, you know, whoever I speak to, uh, maybe ninety-eight percent of people that are very successful in whatever they do. You know, people on my podcast, people interviewed for the book, they're avid readers. They listen to audio books or they read books. Uh, read books. That's that's something. That's my message. And uh, good, good for the brain. Good for the brain. Final topic I want to cover with you, Hedy, is, um, and and I gotta tell you, you you have this presence, you know, you're you have this wise, calm, you know, like like you, you seem confident, calm person. Like th that's my every time I meet you, it's like I have it all figured out kind of person, right? <laughs> like when people see it from the outside, they'll be like, she's smashing it. She's a rock star. I mean, she's just going around building things, you know. Uh, and I've and I've heard from many people, by the way. Um, I don't want you to blush now, but I've heard from many people, <laughs> Sonia, who who referred to you as, "Oh my God, she's so inspiring." I I follow her story. She's she's my role model. Um, and and I know for you, you are very humble. But but <laughs> what I'm what I'm trying to 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 get into is now it's like, you know, what, what do you do in your bad days? Like, do you have bad days first of all um you know when you're overwhelmed you're stressed you're you, 
don't know how to go about certain things. Tell me about the other side of the story, the unsexy part of, of being an entrepreneur, and how do you cope with extreme stress and, and pressure as an entrepreneur? Of course, I have bad days. <laughs> Everybody does. I don't think there is anyone out there that doesn't. But but um, I think uh, I think kind of what has shaped me a lot is is that the way I've been working since I'm young. So I've 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 kind of learned it all all the hard way to understand how to balance myself, starting from eating, ending from sleeping. So yeah, I've been following my, myself since uh, Aura was. Uh, in in Kickstarter, so I've been one of the very first early adopters there, and this is something that I've I've tried to keep as as you know the one that use Aura. I try to keep my my readiness score above seventy. This is one of the things. Uh, but if I talk about what other things, uh, how you know, obviously, um, the most important part of that is the fam my my family, that. Um, um, and my my kind of uh, husband, he's he's just um, you know amazing. I I can't I wouldn't be able to do that if I wouldn't have a strong uh, support and, and understanding. Not only support, no one needs just you know pat on the back. It's more like understanding from home that uh, you know it, to build a startup is um, is time consuming. It's stressful, and uh, and I think this is uh, so whoever is listening and has a spouse that uh, wants to do a startup it's not only about uh, trying to kind of uh, trying to uh, pat on the back is very much about understanding um, and and the other part uh, is obviously friends and and people that uh, that i i just enjoy spending time with and i think this is what, what the main thing that's uh, with what i kind of unwind Obviously, since I have two two kids as well, and they are fairly active, so you know I end up uh, I've, I've learned how to wakeboard now. So I've been wakeboarding this summer, <laughs> and this is crazy and fun and challenging. And definitely, you have no time to think about work while you do that, and 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 many other many other hobbies uh, from which actually has been kind of pushed and inspired by my kids that I, that I do. And this actually, and because I, I let myself be, be inspired by them for pushing me to some of the things I wouldn't do otherwise. So maybe this is something that I'm, I'm kind of, how to say, having an open mindset towards, towards those things. But, um, but the third pillar, which is I, everybody who knows me knows uh, the magic island called Muhu, so this, I have a, I have my little summer house in a, in a, in a, in an island where I literally, I think half of the people in in Muha Island think that I'm crazy or we are crazy because we have done so much physical labor there that they thought that the people on the 21st century don't do these things. So this is <laughs> this is something that I keep myself grounded. So um, so um, I, I would say. Um, Having being in a nature, being in a, in a kind of different environment, and, and doing uh, doing the difference. Maybe I'll actually tell one thing. I, I don't know if it's uh, if it's the right time, but but you know, think about because well, I love the place because there people ask me not what I'm doing as you know I'm a startup founder. I'm uh, doing in a bank, working in a bank or something, but they ask me. They listen to you and they're like, but what can you do? <laughs> so I think this is a good maybe thing to leave for everybody to think. One thing is that what is our title, what we do as a as an entrepreneur, what we build, what we do, but what can you do? So can you sing? Can you, I don't know, draw? Can you do, build something? 
And I think this is this is one of the things that um, it's very healthy for you to think because I've been asking that asked that question in last uh, 15 years two times when it's like oh yeah yeah well I can do that <laughs> so figure out what you can actually do besides uh, besides work and I think that keeps you grounded. I love it. I, I think everybody who's a who's a founder who's listening needs to figure out what are my ways to unplug and, and recharge and, and, and vent off the stress and the pressure because it's hard. Let's be honest. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, there's so many things, so, so much stressful moments and, uh, you know, things that could stress you and sleepless nights for, for many, if, if you're running fast and you have high ambitions and, you know, things not going the way you plan them to go, even though you did your very best. So, you got to find your ways to to vent it off somehow on a consistent basis. I mean, exercise is huge for me. Um, you know, when you, when you exercise, like really the, the stress feels smaller, even though there's the same events happening. So um, nature, as you said, is fantastic with, you know, walks and, um, you know, breathing. This is so simple. But uh, having some sort of a breathing technique and practice that you do on a consistent basis or in, in times of uh, difficulty to remember to, to stop for a few minutes and just to breathe deeply. Like simple things, but when you put them across your daily agenda or weekly agenda, then, then you have a better chance to, to, to navigate through the uncertainty and the stress. So... Okay, final question, Hedy, so we can wrap up this beautiful episode. And it's, uh, there's many, as I said, uh, founders, many of them in their first, second year who are listening to this podcast. What would be your message to them, you know, now that you're a little bit ahead in the journey? What would be your message uh, to, to these aspiring, ambitious, passionate founders that want to build amazing startup companies? Well, I think the the key message is, uh, and I know it sounds a bit bad, especially when you're in the, in a sprinting phase, but it it is a marathon, and and I think this is something to keep in mind about all the matters, about your team, about uh, your co-founder, about everybody. Just to understand that this is a journey that's uh, that's not going to be likely one or two years. It's going to be likely five years and and more. So. Um, I think with everything, have in mind the quick runs, but at the same time, a bit longer perspective as well. And that's everything privately, uh, work-wise, uh, relationship-wise, but obviously business-wise as well. So maybe this is something to just, especially for the ones that are in the end of se first and second year. So. Yeah, the sense of perspective, guys. It's a it's a long term game. Thank you so much, Hedy, with uh, for for being with us here, and thanks everybody for listening. Um, finally, Hedy, I know there's many people who are now excited to maybe go check out. Um, you know, what kind of positions do you guys have? Can you remind us where could people find you? And if specifically you are looking for any kind of profiles of people, it would be fantastic if you can share. So today, the first person we're really looking for is a fantastic marketing person to our Polish uh, operations. So, uh, and uh, I think uh, if you follow on my uh, my LinkedIn profile, I have the hiring link. I think it's connected. If not, then uh, if you go to either in LinkedIn to Cache profile or you go to our website, Cache.me. Uh, uh, so like Cache.me. <laughs> so then, then you'll find it. So... C A C A C 
H-E-T. That's how you spell it for those of you who are listening to the podcast, not seeing the video. So you know where to go, guys. And thank you once again for being with us, for following the journey of uh, Productivity Mastery 122 episodes. Uh, now, um, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. Most of the major platforms, we're there. And again, it's a long-term game. Make sure to play it that way. And hopefully you get a chance to build something meaningful in the long run. We've been here with Teddy and we wish you both an amazing day. Thank you. Ciao. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to subscribe to my monthly newsletter by visiting stoeniankov.com and also learn about the Perform methodology and the Perform book, as well as our various personal and team coaching offers. Stay tuned and keep performing. <laughs>